This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, even if I was pretending you hadn't asked me how I was doing for the 10th time, uh, <laughs> I'd still say fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing fine. It's, um, yeah, it, it's amazing how many years you can do a podcast and still have just an unbelievable amount of technical difficulties, <laughs> just like, just literally ta- like communicating to the other person. It's, uh, it's pretty extraordinary. No, no, no one told us that the information age was just going to be uh, one, one technical problem after another. I'm sure people who, who work with steam and coal power computers had to deal with the same issues that we yeah. did with these, these lithium batteries. We're, we're still in like the live journal, like Angel Fire, GeoCities era of podcasting, right? Like we're still, I might as well be like podcasting from like a prodigy uh, online account, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, it only works for me when I put the CD-ROM into my computer. <laughs> right, exactly. <and> I <laughs> right, you get the 50 hours. Yeah, exactly. That's why we, uh, every year we can only do 50 hours of podcasts because that's how much time we have. All right, Josh, of course, we we think we're funnier than we actually are. Should we just talk about how game week eight went for us? Yeah, no, no jokes anymore, Brandon. Let's get down and let's get down and dirty. I had a I had a bad game week, uh, but not as bad as it could have been. So uh, I had 44 points, a bit of a disaster all around. I only had 10 players even start this game week somehow. Uh, It It was the great Mbemba fallout. Yeah, a lot um, of with with Ben Davis not playing, a lot of people thought Mbemba was going to come into play. Didn't even make the eighteen. Yeah, and I I was definitely like a little worried about that. And so you know, as it turned out, all of my players played on Saturday, which is which is no fun. You know, when there's two more days of games, so it's basically Has that ever sp- happened. I don't know if that's even ever happened to me. That, that's just crazy talk. It is rare. You almost always have at least one more player to go. You know, and maybe not. I often don't have a player in the Monday game, but the Sundays, yeah, very rare. Especially when there's two fixtures. Uh, so I ended up in 44 points. Uh, you know, I I burned four to bring in Kane and Sterling. Sterling got me 15 points. Kane blanked. So, uh, you know, it was it was okay in the end. Fabianski got me a clean sheet. Phil Jones got me a clean sheet. 
basically everyone else did nothing. And uh, now I've got this this real dilemma, though, because I have all of these players who might not play. I mean, um, Loftus-Cheek, maybe he's back. Uh, and Bemba is out of favor or something. He also played the international, so maybe it was a rest thing. But he didn't play last week either. He may not have even been in the country, Josh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chell was out. Uh, ben Davies might be out. So I have at least a minimum four four players injured or recovering from injury or just out of favor. And that's before the Champions League games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So, uh, but thankfully, I'm still holding my rank a little bit. I was I was around 60k. Now I'm in 106,000. So, no fun to get out of the top 100k. But I'm I, you can't complain too much about being around 100,000 through eight game weeks. I feel like that's still that puts me on the the track I want to be on. You know, with a few good game weeks, you can still hit that top 10k, top 5k. You know, we'll we'll see. Absolutely, with the the war of attrition that FPL is, you're you're holding your ground <laughs> exactly. to a degree. Yeah, I've still got all my chips, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I did okay. Uh, well, I did I did pretty good. Fifty seven points on an mm-hmm. average game week rank of forty one. So that's my. I think it's I think it's very good. And a low scoring game week to be sixteen points ahead. Definitely. Um, and we were talking about earlier how it was kind of an opposite game week, especially for my team where. Um, I have not seen any production out of my midfield, at least consistently. I mean, the likes of Erickson, um, Erickson is just carrying my team all season. But Erickson and De Bruyne came through. And then Tom Carroll, super, super off the bench super player. Yep. He, just, he just knew when we all needed his points. And it was somehow it was this week. So Tom Carroll and Pascal Gross sort of rounded out my strong midfield. But, of course, in this season of nothing but clean sheets, everywhere you look, clean sheets, and power three strikers, no goals up front, no clean sheets in the back except for David De Gea. Um, Just like a massive season for David De Gea so far. It was. You and I were watching. We we both went to the – we met up to watch games at the Black Horse Tavern, which is this bar in in Brooklyn near – Near where we live, and it's actually a great bar. If you're ever in Brooklyn or just in New York in general, and you want to watch a soccer game, this is absolutely the bar you want to go to. It's fantastic, and perhaps the most underrated football bar in New York City. I totally agree. I mean, we love the Football Factory and lots of other. And this is a complete aside because I know most people will, but uh, people come through New York. So just as a, as a, a little twenty second recommendation, if you're in, especially if you're in Brooklyn, go to the Black Horse. They show all the games, and the you know we always seem to get a free drink too. So I, I always go home smashed. I know that much. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like a nice long nap. Right, so anyway, exactly. yeah, you were gonna you were gonna say how David De Gea just made it's it's just another game where he he um saves a point for his team. I mean they yeah. they say that you need a keeper like this to get you when Peter when Peter Cech was signed to Arsenal, they thought he, well, he was gonna be good for what, like seven or eight um points in the table. And right, which which he actually may have been that first season. Um, yeah. So what do you think about, okay, we're going to get into strikers in a second here, but I mean, did it make you any less likely to stick with Lukaku? I mean, just, just knowing that Mourinho is basically, um, it was like today was sort of proof that it's, it's the same Mourinho, right? He's not going to try to win, um, away in a difficult fixture. He's going to try to, you know, just pick up that point in a nil nil and and go home. And, uh, for anyone who doubts this, uh, Dave from Burnley had this, this tweet that he shared earlier today where it was like, yeah, I think it's like you know one goal from his last nine fixtures against the top four teams. Um, so it's you know it's it, we're, we've definitely seen this for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, for Lukaku, it's it's becoming harder and harder to make an argument or or sort of defend him. Uh, he had his opportunity. Like, why you pay seventy five million for Romelu Lukaku is for him to put away that 
chance that they had, and he he wasn't able to. It wasn't a terrible shot. He got it on target, um, but it was his classic like penalty taking, easily saved height for the goalkeeper. You need Lukaku to be putting those chances away for for him to justify his position, particularly like what you're saying with this this Mourinho type logic against the bigger sides where he's not going to put Lukaku in a situation where he's going to be getting um, four five, six shots on goal. He's right. He's not the type of striker that gets one, one chance and he'll take it. He needs a few. Yeah, that, that is true. I mean, and he has scored in the last four games. So, I, you know, I don't want to overreact to one, to one difficult fixture. Um, but you know, the, the, the issue here is that they, well, okay. Here's here's the, the problem. Actually, is that the fixtures get pretty good again, um, almost right away. I mean, they play Huddersfield away in game week nine. That's a great fixture. Uh, they play Spurs at home, which I think is fine. I mean, I don't think Mourinho is going to set up for a point at home. Um, Chelsea away, that's probably a blank for him. Uh, and so you'd be you'd be tempted to drop. Except game weeks twelve and thirteen, they play Newcastle and Brighton back to back at home. I mean, those are those are like like it's like an just an unbelievable run of back to back fixtures. Yeah, um, and you would want to captain him for both of those fixtures. I mean, he loves to beat up on bad teams. Yeah. So um, you know, no no offense to Newcastle Brighton fans, but you know, <laughs> you know they're kind of bad. None none, none taken. <laughs> I'm both I'm both of those fans, Josh. Right, right, right. I mean, the way I'm looking at my team right now, the likes of Erickson or De Bruyne or De Gea, is I have a team that's populated by not flash players who stand a pretty good chance of being at least in the top five, if not the highest point getter in their categories by game week 38. So with hmm. Lukaku, and we could argue about that, I'm sure, particularly when it comes to KDB, but... Lukaku is that player where it, it it's it's showing that you need to be patient with him, and I think we'll be rewarded in the long term. But uh, um, okay, here's here's the secret thought I have is th- we're now at the point where I want this problem to be solved by a midweek injury. I kind of want Lukaku to go down, so we all want an excuse to get rid of him. This is what Peter Blake has been talking about forever. We're just looking for a reason. And it, well, okay, I, I don't, I don't actually lump myself into that category. I'm very happy to have an 11.5 million striker who scores every week. You know, I think you want to, I think you want to get rid of him more than I do. Yeah. So yeah, right. So here is the here are the two sides of the argument that we're that we're taking. You're taking the very rational. Um, he's he's giving you the points stats. Stats-wise, Lukaku is delivering, and I'm giving the more impassioned, emotional eye test case where he just looks, he, he doesn't look so great. And Manchester United as a team, they have a, this Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde sort of personality thing going on where one, and you could trace it back to Pogba um, getting injured when that flare kind of fell, fell away. Or, or, or I guess I should say when Marouane Fellaini got injured. That's when they stopped scoring all their right. goals. Yeah, well, and it looks like Pogba is uh, maybe going to be returning in the next week or two. So um, that, should, that should give the team a little shot in the arm. Um, I still think that dropping Mkhitaryan is is uh, probably the right move. But, Brandon, let's, before we go any more down our own, <laughs> I don't know, down the, through our the looking navels. glass of our own teams. Yeah, staring at our own navels. Uh, let's get right into um, into the discussion. But, but first, 
So let's actually not get rid of the discussion. <laughs> let's actually do a little. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get distracted again. Uh, the Hail Cheaters Super League Top Ten. Brandon, uh, do the honors, please. All right, Josh, start the clock. As always, you can still join the Always Cheating Super League. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. We're closing in on 2,500 managers in the Super League. So, Josh, I I dare say this is the League of Leagues. Be here or be I think be so. Actually, is it only 25? I actually thought it was even more than that, but... Okay, fair enough. Well, we, we, we'll look to the we'll look to the history books and the statisticians okay. for that. But uh, yeah, the top ten. Okay. Uh, we uh, have a new entrant in the top ten. Emil Svensson in tenth position, ninth place. Adam Birmingham, eighth place. Joshua Williams, seventh place. Rolf Arn Strandjord, sixth place. Marco Rain, fifth place. Abdul Al Mamun, fourth place. Uh, our favorite Fabio Borges dropping from uh, he was in first place. If not last week, a couple weeks ago. So um, he might have some submissions to with his publisher. Yeah. Heirs to great Argentinian literature. Not a great week for them. Third place, Ben Sutton holding firm, and in second place, Harry Atkinson. And boom, with a huge eighty-point game week, Tom Click and Molly with Game of Thrones moves up to first place in the Always Cheating Super League. And for those of you who want bragging rights, we're now updating the top ten. On our homepage at alwayscheating.com. Go there and see your name in lights, Tom. That's right. And Adam Birmingham said, I just made it into the top 10 of the league. How do I stay there? He's nice to meet you. He's in ninth. Uh, we have no idea, do we, Brandon? We don't, <laughs> we don't know how to stay in the top 10. I, I just, I, I was unceremoniously dumped from the top 100 uh, this, this game week. And uh, I think I've only been in the top 50 for one week ever. So it's, it's very competitively. Yeah, I don't know if I ever have. I'm, I'm ranked 619 right now. So top right. 1,000, that's, that's, I mean, that, that would be a great overall rank, wouldn't it? 619. Super League is basically the same thing as an overall rank as far as I'm concerned. It's almost one-to-one, exactly. Yeah, number one in our league is number one overall. <laughs> At least it is in our hearts. I don't know if I... <laughs> It's not it's not actually true, but it should be true, Brandon. <laughs> All right, we got some rants this week, don't we, Josh? Uh, we do. Adam McAvoy says, uh, I took Kane out after a game week five, two-pointer to Chelsea. He gets two 13-pointers. Brought back in for a hit. You know the rest. Brandon, this is my story. I am Adam McAvoy. Wow, hashtag hokey cokey. You guys thought you could you could do the business with Harry Kane, but he has other ideas. Funny how, yeah, how exactly. the narrative switches from... Uh, well, I guess the 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 narrative switches from it's all Wembley to suddenly Kane is as good as Ronaldo to now Gabriel Jesus, Jesus is the new Messi. Yeah, it does. It moves very quickly, and as and we're talk, we'll talk about the uh, the the power three, the big three strikers in a second here. Uh, Kane obviously being one of the one of the stars there. Uh, Polly Talk says, uh, I'm not a casual. I've been playing this game for close to seven years now. I've scored 15 points this week after all my 11 players have played. I don't know how to live anymore. <laughs> not a clue. What do I do now? I, I genuinely don't know how it's possible to score 15 yeah. points in a game week. I think I've scored 19 points long time ago. Uh, I feel like that's as low as I've been, but... Oh, I had a game week last season early on. I had I had a pretty miserable first like fifteen weeks last season. And I think I had a game week where no one scored more than two points, where where it was it was two or one across the board, and it was like it was it was it was like it was like binary code. It was just zeros, ones, and twos all all throughout my team. It yeah. was really 
It was depressing. The thing is, yeah, you know, you said this at the top of the podcast, Brandon. It's, you know, it's a league of attrition, you know. So, so you know, just probably just by just by getting through the next 15 or 20 weeks, you're going to last a lot of managers to give yeah. up, you know. Yeah. So as they give up, you're just going to keep climbing up the, up the ranks. Yeah, this so. is the point in which Polly's troops are in the trenches, and they just need to sing an old Christmas carol just to get them back in the spirits. And then, and then next weekend, Polly, you can mm-hmm. send them back into the fray. They'll be fine. Yeah, just, just sing that Don't Give Up, the Peter Gabriel song. <laughs> Wonderful song. Right. All right, well. And maybe I'll sing it at the end of the podcast. Every every all nine minutes. Well, I was really I was concerned that no one was going to stay tuned for the entire episode, but now you, you locked everyone in. <laughs> right, we, we've got one more rant here. I see. Yeah, uh, Samuel West says I would like to rant uh, that the all the Friday Aguero starting talk got me out of captaining Jesus, and instead he captains Lacazette. Bum bum bum. Boy, Lacazette, he was kind of, yeah. he was totally taken out of the game. I mean, Arsenal kind of looked like crap against. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone, yeah, longtime listeners know that I am an Arsenal fan who kind of hates Arsenal. And uh, Brandon had to sit through two hours of me just destroying that team. I believe. I mean, it was, it was almost a, it was an uninterrupted monologue. I feel like it was just two hours of me yelling about that squad. I, uh, and, and only like. Nouveau Premier League rich Americans can say this, but at the end of that whole ordeal, I just turned to you, Josh, and I said, "Just pick another team. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's, it's too late for me. I mean, it's you know, you know what it really is. It's the Arse blog. Uh, it's the Arse blog website and podcast that have made me an Arsenal fan. I, I think if it wasn't for that, which which is so good." Uh, Andrew, the guy who runs that, is just so so of such high quality. The podcasts are great. The website's great. He writes every day. That um, I just I feel like I'm like I'm like you know I'm part of the club in a little way just just by following him along. But yeah, I mean I you know Arsene Wenger is um, basically like a, a joke that everybody knows about. <laughs> oh God, let's not even go down this road because I'll just talk for forever uh, about Arsenal. We can't. Um, all right, let's. I don't even want to take a break this time, Brandon. I want to jump right into part one of the podcast. Um, and by the way, thank you to Polly and some others. You know, we opened up the questions to Reddit this week, and uh, we got a ton of great questions. We actually a lot, a lot of just great questions across the board, right? uh, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. Uh, we tried to synthesize things a little bit to give it a little structure. So, uh, part one, we're going to talk about Manchester City. We'll talk a little bit about the the you know the the power three uh, forward rotation. Uh, I'm going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to talk, uh, do like a lightning round where we're going to talk about Zaha and Chelsea, um, and uh, we're going to talk about what defenders actually keep clean sheets and lots of other good stuff. So uh, we're also going to try to keep it around an hour today, so I don't know if that's even remotely possible. but I think we're already at an hour, so good luck, Josh. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's, let's, let's get right into it, Brennan. You take the lead here. Manchester City mega discussion. So um, they put on a master class against Stoke City. Um Two strange goals, both coming from converted wingback um, Doof uh, mm-hmm. against City. That was that was the only blight on that performance. Yeah. Well, technically, but, uh, one was an own goal. Yes, yeah, on, on Kyle Walker, much deserved. Um, M. Bison just jumps in here and says, "Have Manchester City broke fantasy football? Do you believe that to be true, Joshua?" You know, I, I I don't think it's true. Although I, I am impressed that M. Bison was not taken on Twitter. Now that I think about it. That's sure, a, that's the greatest a... the greatest Street Fighter villain of them all, <laughs> exactly. better than uh, Sagat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no, I don't think they've broken fantasy football. I think um, I think it makes things very interesting. Actually, um, I I love any season where you can't where everyone can't have the same players. I mean, there is absolutely no template team this season, right? I mean, okay, there kind of is. When when you when you have game weeks where everyone's wild carding, right? You, things get a little templatey because everyone's sort of talking to each other, and you read some consensus. This is like the week when like everyone was talking about like Solly March, right? Like as if as if you know the, <laughs> your five million fourth or fifth midfielders really can make that much of a difference. But that's that's the kind of talking you do when you're doing a lot of wild carding, and you're sort of like you're looking for any edge, like and, and which which is totally great. I mean, it's part of the fun of it. Um, but I feel like you know once like once you're out of the wild card, but you know I'm 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 in my third week out of my wild card now. It's like my team is just busted, right? I got like <laughs> moves I'm doing here and there. Like I got four injured players. It's like it's like total like it's like I'm running around like the factory and it's about to blow and I'm trying to like, you know like put all these little fires. Sure, um, you're, you're trying to get all those chocolates off the assembly line, like. Uh... Lucy. It's, yeah, it's so much of it is just the is the Man City thing, right? You just you need their their fixtures are really good. Um they 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 were it was very very good starting last week and we saw I mean scoring seven goals at home is uh is pretty extraordinary no matter how you slice it. I mean only you know, only like a you know, when Man United played Arsenal in the in the uh Alex Ferguson days would you see that kind of score in Manchester. So it was a it was a huge number. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, okay, do I need to stop with the Arsenal stuff now? I don't know. Are there any fans? Yeah, yeah just give it, yeah. give it a rest. We're, we're okay. talking about City here, right? I'm sorry. I got, I got a little hot under the collar with the Arsenal thing. Um, so what do you think, Brandon? Do you like, do you like that they've, um, that they've broken the mold a little bit, that they've, you know, shattered the template? Exactly what you're saying. Um, I think what we've struggled with the last two or three FPL seasons is, uh, how to break the template how to generate more choice. And I think that it, it, it does kind of frustrate me that Man City um, midfield, where there is all of this freedom of choice, where you could go Sané, Silva, or Sterling, <clears throat> they're a little too expensive to just sort of be loosey-goosey with it. You, you, you think of the Halcyon days with Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy sure. when they were you know below $7 million. And right. then you could you could just jump right on those guys. Right. Now you have to do a little bit of surgery to get these guys in. But again, that's just another level of challenge to the game, which I think we're all kind of warming up to this season, which which will be fun once we all catch up. Yeah, there was uh, there, there are a few different questions we got. Uh, Siraj Grish, uh, long time. Hey, Siraj. Yep. Uh, Sadan um, Bacia, a couple of questions about... You know, is Raheem Sterling an FPL trap? Uh, who to pick between Cerne, uh, Sane, Sterling, and Silva? Um, I'll actually refer those people to last week's podcast. It's worth listening to, Brandon, because I was on fire in last week's podcast. Uh, it was ridiculous. Like every every, it is so much better than my actual team. My the picks that I made on last week's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like the team that I recommended last week would have scored like three hundred points this game week. Um, yeah, somehow. you would have broken the game, not Manchester City. <laughs> I, would broken, I would have game genied the game. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen to that podcast because we we talked a lot about Sterling, um, about Sterling, uh, Silva, and Sane. We basically um, decided that Sterling was the best pick for um, for lots of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, but the, the ultimate one is that it's it's really tight between all of them. He has a little more goal scoring threat. He's in the box a little more often. He has more shots on goal. And he's, you know, at least at the time we recorded last week's podcast, he was 0.4 cheaper. I think now it's probably more like 0.3 or uh, maybe even 0.2. So uh, do you feel any differently after this game? Like, do you see any reason why of those three you would pick 
uh, Sane or or um, Silva over over Sterling. No, the only case I could make in Sane's favor is slight differential on he has the least ownership. But um, I was doing a lot of uh, conspar- comparison stat checking with Sterling against, say, KDB or Sané or Silva last week. And Sterling was coming out ahead, but uh, by just a little bit. Or maybe look compare Sterling's heat map to Sané's, and Sterling looked more appealing. I did the same comparisons this afternoon with Sterling against against even uh, Christian Eriksen, who's currently the top point getter in all of FPL. And Sterling is just destroying all of these guys on expected gold. I mean, a guy like Eriksen is going to smoke Sterling on um, involvement because um, he's just passing a lot more than Sterling is. Sure. Point is, the case is just made more and more in favor of Sterling after this weekend, both both with how he's performing and what the stats say. So, yeah, there's no reason to go against that. Yeah, and yeah, the only issue with Sterling, it's, it's a little bit like the alley problem where he really needs to get multiple attacking returns to get bonus points because he doesn't do a lot of the little things that get you FPS points. You know, like, you know, uh, Ericsson, um, Silva, Eden Hazard, these are the kind of players who, if they can even get an assist in a game, there's a decent chance they're going to get bonus points. Uh, but with Sterling, he really needs like a goal and an assist. But uh, I mean, he's just been he's been crushing it, right? I mean, you look yeah. back at his, you know, he's got double figure returns in um, actually. Well, it's, he has you know two of the last three matches, and then he had nine the game week before that. Uh, he missed one match because of suspension. Before that, he had four points and six points. Um, so he's you know really, I mean, six goals and two assists already in the season. It's really. Um, you know, for for you know, midfielder who's still only eight point one, even for a couple prize rises, he's still extremely affordable player. I mean, you could take someone like Mkhitaryan and move him right into Sterling, uh, you yeah. know, no problem at all. Of course, there's a huge caveat here with Aguero coming back. How does that affect Pep's formation? And that's when Sterling was seeing the largest amount of rotation or or right. managed minutes is when Jesus and Aguero are both playing. I can't imagine Pep wanting to change things up too much, given how high flying Man City is right now. But right. Um, I mean, but say, I also yeah. can't. I can't see how Pep would just lock Aguero out of starting minutes because things are going this well. I mean, in, in the rotation thing, you're just going to have to accept, right? I mean, you know, they're they're not. There's maybe Kevin De Bruyne will play almost every game, but it would, it would, with I think with Sterling Silva and Sane. Um, you're just going to have to, it's four out of every five fixtures and you're just going to have to accept that. You know, right. it's just, they're, they're not going to start five fixtures in a row most of the time. They're going to get rotated, but they can still, this team is, I mean, like, look how many goals they scored just in the last 30 minutes of yesterday's match. So, you know, they can really score at any time. Thought experiment for you, Josh. FPL doctor asks, would you sell any of these? Lukaku, Kane, Erickson, Sala now to get Man City coverage? Um, no, uh, actually, yes, maybe, maybe Salah. Uh, Salah would be the one player that I might sell. Um, I'm a little worried about what Liverpool is going to be able to do without without Mane the next six weeks. And you know, if you could sell Salah for Sane and save, I don't know, 0.7 million or something like that, uh, it might be worth it. Yeah, I agree with the Salah shout. All the the potential there with Lukaku and Kane is is too big, and 
Erickson, as we mentioned, is is just being really consistent right now, and it's you're you're almost it's just a sideways move to make yourself sleep better at night. Yeah, and I'm not like rearranging my team to get rid of Salah. I mean, you know, he's the one that I that I would pick, I guess, of that lot. But he still has four goals, two assists in the season. Still looks like you know very much the focal point of the attack. Probably should have scored in the Man United game. Um, certainly got the closest scoring of anybody. Uh, maybe Lukaku in his like a little breakaway in the first half, but um, Salah had the best chance, I'd say. Yeah. All right, we got a question from Juan Rico about Man City defense. Uh, I brought in John Stones this week, and I just walked away with a, a one-pointer. But, I mean, they've got Burnley next weekend, and I like their chances for a clean sheet there. They just have incredible run of fixtures coming up. Uh, I mean, Juan Rico makes the point, though, going City defense might alleviate you of some of this uh, rotation stress. Though I I don't know if I necessarily believe the defense is above rotation. With no, I mean Stones has been rotated like what twice already in the first. Or is it just once? Yeah. Yeah. The I mean company being out uh, more or less solidifies Odomende and Stones there in the back. I mean it remains to be seen what happens in the Champions League. But yeah, yeah. I think Stones Stones and Odomende are fairly well nailed. Um. I mean, at least if you're comparing them to midfield assets. Yeah, he started the last five, I mean, to be fair to Stones. Yeah. The goals against Stoke were kind of fluky, uh, but it, it just goes to show you how how tricky, unless you're Manchester United, clean sheets can be to come by. I wouldn't get too um, frustrated by yeah. the fact that guys like Stones and Odeman, they just came away with one-pointers against yeah. Stoke. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of goals that you kind of get against the run of play, which are the kind of goals that... that City are going to be prone to conceding, right? Because they're just camping out in the other team's box, basically, um, for, you know, 70 minutes out of the game, it feels like sometimes. You know, they're just, it feels like they're just, it feels like they're up a man right now when they play teams. <laughs> Imagine the endorphins going on in, in their brain, the adrenaline pumping. They're playing that well and scoring that many goals. They're good. It's got to be hard to stay disciplined when you're basically just Harlem globetrotting around the entire field. So we had a couple of the questions. Even the Washington Generals did score, Josh. That that is true. So we we had a couple other questions about about dropping players. Uh, Jeff Petter and uh, and Muckle you both had questions about dropping players like like Lukaku, Man United, Liverpool players. So let's let's like let's like run through a couple players and let me let, let me like just see. I'm going to look at the the top overall midfielders right now, and I'll ask you whether you like would drop them for. Let's let's just say Sterling. Let's say you didn't have Sterling and you wanted to bring in Sterling. Okay, so, make it. Simple. All right, so uh, Christian Eriksen. No. Right, and then we've got to go actually to the fifth highest player at that point because two, <laughs> three, four, and six are all Man City midfielders. Yeah. Um, so Mo Salah, uh, we, that's kind of a maybe, but you know, it's not like I wouldn't burn four to drop Mo Salah certainly. Yeah, but if you have nothing to fix going into this um, match against Burnley, I would drop Salah for Sterling next week if, yeah. if, if you had nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't feel good about his chances away to to Spurs. I mean, I'm not expecting a huge return there from him. So, yeah, sure. sure. Right. right, and it, it, it just doesn't feel like chasing points at this point. Right. Um, Mkhitaryan? Uh, definitely. Right. That's that's the easiest, yeah. And then that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's your, that's your top <laughs> set because after that you're looking at 
Uh, I mean, basically everybody else you would, right? I mean, Richarlison, Pascal Gross. I mean, these aren't players you're doing a straight swap for. Um, yeah. You've got a, you know, Allies down there, uh, Mares, Marshall, Pogba, Fellaini, Richie. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, you do all those players in heartbeat. So it's really it's just Mkhitaryan, uh, Mkhitaryan, Erickson, and I mean, if I, if I had Deli Alley, I would definitely drop him this week for a Man City player. I might even do it for a hit. Yeah, it's 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 really outrageous how off the boil Deli Alley is this season. Yeah, it's 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 too bad. I, I love Deli Alley, but <laughs> and he'll turn it around with the World Cup. Yeah, who would have guessed that Christian Eriksen would be scoring all these goals this season? Um, um, he he will be so consistent with his minutes, and we know Eriksen. If it's not goals, it will certainly be assists. So yeah. he, he just feels like a season keeper right now. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. Um, by the way, just saying the words World Cup gave me this little pang of, of pain, Brandon. Oh, yeah. God. Let's not talk about that. I know. That. We're, we're thinking about doing a little Patreon exclusive where we just we just rant about the U.S. men's national team for like 30 minutes just to just to get it off our chest. But we don't want to we don't want to subject the podcast listeners to it. So let's people let's don't just, pay Patreon money to be subjected to such, <laughs> such we'll torturous rambling. We'll, we'll just drop it there. It'll just be sitting there. <laughs> yeah, if you want it, you can pick it up. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll see right. everyone in, 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 in many years at, at uh, Qatar. That's yeah. our world cup. Uh, Ian Davis said, uh, should we just not worry about city rotation and get them in anyway? Um, we sort of talked about this earlier. I mean, that, that's how I feel. I just feel like um, you just have to deal with the rotation. And the way to the way to mitigate it is actually have two city mids, um, you know, because the odds are Sané and Sterling aren't going to both be arrested in the same match. Yeah. And for the love of God, put a little thought and investment into who's on your bench. Um, we well, can... Yeah. I mean, that's that's like the injuries are a big. I mean, I you know, I. I put a lot of thought into my bench, and I, you know, wasn't expecting Decore to to get injured and it's bad luck. Cheek. Yeah, there's, yep. some, there's there can be some bad luck involved for sure. Yeah, I, I was not wagging my finger at you, Josh, but um, <laughs> took it that way. <laughs> yeah, as you often do, but it, it's it's just and you you see it with you know the 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 punching down FPL asset of Tom Carroll. This week, it just pays dividends when you've got somebody who, you know, is a nailed-on starter who can slide in there. So um, you know, that is that is sort of a poor man's way of mitigating risk, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 suppose, you're, I suppose you're right there. So just bring in Tom Carroll. That guy's going to... I know, that you, was like the most dad FPL advice I've ever given. <laughs> like, make sure you have a starter 4.5 on your bench, everybody. It's, it's the equivalent of having a, a nice warm jacket on a cold day, right? <laughs> yeah, where's your hat? Where's your hat, Josh? All right, we can't leave the section without one final question about Sergio Kuhn Aguero. Stieg Hagen says, is it Kuhn time? Um, and Brandon, is it Kuhn time for you? That sounds weird. <laughs> Uh, it's like, do they know it's coon time at all? Uh, I don't know if it is coon time. It, it's it's not for me. I mean, it with all of these guys who are delivering from the midfield and and Gab Jesus, who is cheaper than Aguero at this time. I mean, someone asked me about this on Twitter earlier too, and I, you know, I mean, I guess this is a slightly short term way of thinking about it, but. I said just, you know, because they were like, do, do I bring in Jesus or do I bring in Aguero? And I said, wait till the Champions League match, which I, I guess will be played by the time most people listen to this podcast or, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll be the same day. Um, see who plays, right? I don't think they'll both play 90 minutes together. Uh, and whoever plays 90 minutes, pick the other one. 
right? <laughs> right. So if Jesus plays 90 minutes on Tuesday, then you can probably pick Aguero. I mean, Pep was talking about how well uh, Aguero practiced today. I mean, it, unless he's just completely blowing smoke, it sounds like he's about ready to come back into the squad. So, um, yeah, so if, if Jesus plays 90, and, and I guess vice versa, I mean, I, I can't imagine Aguero playing 90, but if Aguero, you know, was, you know, if Jesus is rested and Aguero plays like 75 minutes on Tuesday, then I'd probably go with Jesus on, on Saturday. I'll pour some fuel on this fire. I didn't even expect Jesus to start this weekend because he started twice for Brazil on the continent yeah. of South America. And yeah. Pep, Pep said something in a, a, conf, a press conference of, yeah, Jesus is young and he's incredibly fit. I have no concerns about him just slipping back into um, a match, you know, intercontinentally. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it seems like he's been managing his minutes pretty carefully this season, but... Well, carefully to the point where he starts every game, but he'll he'll be pulled off at, at you know sixty sixty five minutes. Yeah. That that is a an, another concern. Yeah, particularly this is, if if they're getting to the point where they're pouring it on at the end of the game. Yeah, that is that is true. It's the luck is that problem too, not so much with the pulling pouring it on, but just you know he just he, he never gets a full ninety. Yeah, right, right. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Josh, let's take a quick minute here to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. They are, of course, the new daily fantasy app, which you can download for your iPhone or your Android phone. Just go to the uh, the App Store or the Google Play Store, download it right there, or hit up Starting11.io. That's Starting11.io for more information. Josh, you know what makes this app special, right? Uh, I do, yes. There are uh, three in-game substitutions that you can make, uh, which is very crucial if you suddenly get very mad about Harry Kane and want to uh, want, to, want to drop him for someone who's actually scoring right. goals. I don't know of any other fantasy app that allows you to basically take the decision you made before the game started and correct it halfway through the game. So it's very much like, like being exactly. a real manager on the sideline, which is and, a lot of fun. Exactly. It's it's if you if you like a good rage transfer, this is a good place to go. Um, and I actually I I, had, I played despite Captain and Kane of both my, my my two matches. I was actually I beat uh, Captain Kingpin and uh, A Alcock in my matches, um, which sounds like a fake name, but I think that, <laughs> that was I, I beat uh, two different managers this weekend, and I, I'm on like this crazy streak right now where um, I'm just I'm destroying people in uh, at starting eleven. So Brandon. You know what that means. It's time for a contest. Yeah, we have a new contest. So we've been allowing our listeners to challenge us through the app for a while now. But now we've come up with a new idea. Uh, The new idea is to uh, beat the cheaters and rename our team. So for the next three fixtures, starting this weekend, this weekend, next weekend, and the following weekend into the international break, you get to if it just any challenge you can you can challenge Brandon or I you can just you can email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com. you can direct messages on Twitter messages on Facebook uh, messages on Reddit for that matter anywhere you want um, and we will we'll take you on in a one on one match and the player that scores the most total points uh, in any of the next three fixtures gets to rename one of our teams in FPL for the following month so uh, you can name it anything you want except. Um, uh, I guess anything that's too filthy, I might, I might put. Some, you can actually name it something very filthy, but I will put in stars. So <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll do it like a like a Marvel comic. You know, it'll be like star dollar sign exclamation points. So, like an Interrobang. So, yeah, so bear that in mind. But you can rename our team anything you want. 
uh, up to and including your own name or the fact that we suck or something. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care what you name it because. Uh, uh, but Brandon, for, for Brandon, this is actually a pretty big deal because he has been the BK Broilers for many a year now. And as far as I know, he has never. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. You changed yeah, your name just last season. Last I was Ian's Baked Alaska. That was a Great British Bake Off reference for anyone who got that. And you're back to BK Broilers this year, right? Yeah, I was feeling very uninspired at the start of the season. But so maybe maybe this will actually be a <laughs> great thing us. for me to get people to change my name into something humiliating. But yeah, so exactly. some good some good crossover here with FPL and starting eleven. You can win win at starting eleven and then rename our FPL name. And it's not we'll just keep them up for a, a full month, Brandon. We'll keep them up for four four fixtures in a row. Yeah, for four four game weeks in a row. Four game weeks, right? And with not, starting not, eleven, not Netflix. <laughs> and there are, there are two there are two match at least two match flights in almost every game week. So um, you have more than three chances to beat us so you can challenge us at least two times every game week right and so once again the person that gets just the highest overall score after those three game weeks and so we'll just keep track of all that uh that person will um will get to rename one of our teams for a month so to challenge us uh you first want to download the app visit starting 11.io uh you can also find it on the uh, android store and the uh, apple uh iphone store is that, is that what it's called the app yeah, store it's the iphone store yeah, that's why I let you do these normally. Uh, then uh, you want to listen to – we had a bonus pod with Thomas Braun. Uh, we ran uh, – it's about six, seven weeks ago now. Uh, but you can go back and listen to that and find out more about Starting Eleven and why it was started and what makes the game unique. Uh, and once again, you can challenge us, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, uh, to challenge us to a head-to-head match. Awesome. I look forward to it, Josh. All right, Harry Brandon, the power Harry Kane and the power front three, uh, which sounds like a sounds like, like an '80s band pop, <laughs> power pop band. It does. It's like a bunch of FPL managers got together and formed a really nerdy band to like play at some like convention or something. That's uh, the power front three. Dun, 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 dun. I'm singing a lot. Was, this time. That was not bad. That was not bad. Once again, Brandon, we're not as funny as we think we are. It's very. very it's sad. true. People remind us about it, though. People like us to know that. Um, and we often hear that on Twitter and Reddit. Uh, Tom sure, Knight says... Indulgence, we're, we've got it right here. That's right. Uh, Tom Knight says, Is it overdramatic to vow never to Captain Kane at home again this season, regardless of opposition? Uh, I saw your response on Twitter to this, which I felt was appropriate. It was just an animated gif of... Um, of Maya Rudolph wagging her finger saying, nope, it's not, it's not over dramatic. Yes, please don't ever Captain Kane at Wembley ever again. Okay, so let's let's look at the next time you would Captain Kane at home to Wembley. I, I, I'm not going to Captain him at home to Wembley in game week nine, I don't think. Um, I, I'm probably going to Captain Lukaku away to Huddersfield. Um, so they play Liverpool at home uh, game week nine, then they play away to Man United. So game week 11, they play Crystal Palace at home. That is, the ultimate, that is the ultimate test. Do you really not Captain Kane at home to Crystal Palace? Wow. I mean, put a pin in that, Josh. Let's talk, let's talk <laughs> about that two podcasts from now. Okay, um, yeah. Followed by West Brom two weeks later. And and the, uh, the North London Derby in game week 12, which... Yeah, Harry well, Kane almost always yeah, yeah. scores. I, okay, so that, that you're right. That's actually yeah. outside. Away, he's gold. Yeah, he's he's a captain every week player away. At <laughs> home, he is he is Aaron Moy basically. I I mean, at this point, 
there's nothing to say that the Wembley curse will ever be lifted. So, I mean, as no. of this writing, no, I can't armband him against Palace. Well, you know, he scored, uh, you know, I mean, he scored two at home to Dortmund, you know, Wembley to Dortmund. He hit, he's hit the post a bunch of times at home. Um, this is actually, this match was the worst he's looked at home. I thought, you know, the other, you could really argue that he had some bad luck in the other fixtures, but this time it felt so sluggish. I was really surprised because I think, I think uh, England played their last uh, European match on Sunday, and so he had a full week to recover, and he just looked a little off it. I know he had a goal rule for offsides, but, um, yeah, not at his best. You know, I, I can't speak, uh, um, I can't speak authoritatively on this, but... It's not just down to Harry Kane. Like the entire team is coming back from international break, and Harry Kane can have his moments where he he looks sluggish, didn't look great against Bournemouth. But you just see this. Uh, I mean, Man City, of course, excluded. You kind of see this across the board. The first game week coming back from international break just happens to reinforce this whole Wembley discussion. But uh, yeah. I mean, Game Week 11 is going to be an interesting preview, right? So Spurs have the most enticing matchup. They're home to Crystal Palace. Lukaku might be your other option. He's away at Stamford Bridge. Manchester City are hosting Arsenal. I mean, I guess maybe that's that's could be considered a no-brainer, just captain a City player against uh, the Arsenal that we saw against Watford, but yeah, it's yeah, going to be a tough one. host Huddersfield. Yeah, I know it's it's a tough one. So let's 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 save that for two podcasts. Um, okay, so let's let's get back to this 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 the big front three. So Harry Kane, uh, James Bishop said, "Can I just drop uh, Kane and Lukaku now, please?" Uh, I don't think you can drop Kane. I mean, okay, like if he if he really blanks in the Crystal Palace match, then we might be looking at a player who really just has some kind of weird like uh, you know get cursed by a witch or something there's something something weird's going on this season at home and at that point you probably actually do have to drop Kane I don't know that you can really hold on to a player that you that the cost that much that you can't kept it at home I think you might just have to take the take his goals on the road you know like take like like take the points that other people are going to get and just deal with them because that money can be spread across Man City players and uh, maybe some Liverpool players things like that I mean uh, I don't know. I mean, like, can you really hold on to a 12 million player? This is my question to you, Brandon. Can you hold on to a 12 million player, or whatever he is now, 11.7? No, no, he's 12. Excuse me. He's like 12 point. 12.7. What is he, 12, yeah, 12.7. Can you hold on to a player who's almost 13 million if he can't score at home? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it does seem reckless, doesn't it? Well. He's up to 12.8, yeah. by the way, for the purposes so, of I don't this know. discussion. I, yeah, so I don't know if you like just wait and bring them back in when they've got three away fixtures out of four. I mean, it's it's the craziest thing, right? I mean, yeah, you know, Guero it, had this a couple seasons ago too, where he was like only scoring on the road, and it was a it was definitely a blip. But but yeah. you know, but but home was still the Eddie had. It wasn't it wasn't this like weird stadium that they're not comfortable in. Yeah, um, I will go out there on a limb and say. So I, was, I think I started the podcast talking about. My team having a lot of season keepers in there and like stay the course and see where they are at game week 38. Kane, week after week after week, leads the league in shots taken. Game week eight, he had six shots. Um, granted, half of them were off target, but he's taking the most shots out of anyone. I mean, the next highest shot taker was Antonio on West Ham with four. Uh, same with Sané and, and Ericsson both take, taking four shots. But that's that's still two more shots than anyone else in the entire league in game week eight. Uh, I I feel like 
he'll come he will continually come good you know here and there to the point where he's more a must have than he's he's not i think i think it, the argument hasn't changed you have to stick with him yeah i mean like yeah i feel like what you're basically saying is he's like a blue chip stock right you just have to like you just have to sit through he just you just hold you know he's just like you got you got to wait it out all season because ultimately he's probably going to finish as it, you know the, the the overall or second overall points leader in the league, right? He's and won the he's, golden he's boot twice in a row. Exactly, exactly. He he is very expensive, but you are to. I mean, he just he just came off you know two consecutive matches where he scored braces back to back. So it's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's you know just utterly off the boil. And so you know the first match out of international fixture can be kind of strange sometimes. You know they're not they're not always. They're not as great matches. I mean, the the okay. So let, let's you know, but the the problem too is that they have some difficult fixtures coming up, and then you know, the to add a little fuel to the fire here, Combi Van says um, it's the power front three dead. Uh, Abraham is behind Kane in four rankings at half the price. Um, or just, I think he means just behind Kane in the four rankings. Uh, Diouf is three points behind Lacazette uh, at half the price. Uh, both with nice fixtures. Ahead. By the way, Diouf you can't bring in right because he's he's. I think a good rule of thumb is never captain a player who's played out of position, like one position back. Right? <laughs> like, don't don't captain a forward who's now like who has to do defensive duties half the time. Sure. Uh, both with nice fixtures ahead and money saved. That was a, a rule I didn't even know we needed until just now. Well, I had this problem last year where I actually brought in. Uh, I had well, James Milner for a while, uh, yeah. and so I learned that rule the hard way. Yeah. He, he, you know, didn't get a penalty for ten weeks in a row or something. Uh, and I was stuck with him because I had problems elsewhere. Um, and I was like, yeah, why don't ever take a player who's playing like one spot back? You know, like if a defender is playing as a goalkeeper, just don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> What's behind a goalkeeper? Is it like the manager? I don't know what the, the uh, how far back this thing goes. The, the kit man, right. So, okay. So, I mean, yeah, the power front three. I mean, are you, you, I guess this is more, I mean, you have this, you know, this, you, you've got this guy, he gets an assist every eight game weeks. Is that enough for you? <laughs> Or do you want? Cal- do you need more? <laughs> Calvert Lewin doesn't really. Uh, he doesn't really penetrate the power three conversation. I'm sad to say. <laughs> um, I mean, I. Okay, so this is a very. This is an even more direct uh, concern for me because there's no way for me to get Calvert Lewin to a power third. So, I'm looking at guys like Morata and Jesus and Aguero. And I'm sweating it because Lukaku and Kane seem to be like the de facto sort of like you start with these guys. What are you going to do with the third spot Um, to get any points from Jesus, Murata, Aguero? I have to make decisions on Kane and Lukaku. And I think that always cheating has said time and time again, those guys are kind of immovable. So, yeah, I have to see myself out of this conversation. It does make me very nervous Am I able to make up points elsewhere that these these three big guys I don't have are going to be getting? Uh, it's going to so, be very so tight. Just, but just to revisit the Abraham thing, I know we talked about this a, a bit in last week's podcast, but, you know, I mean, so he's got three goals in his last three matches. Um, they play, you know, Leicester at home in game week nine, Brighton at home in game week 11, Bournemouth at home in game week 13. I mean, lots of really strong fixtures. Um, I mean, he's only 5.7 million, 8.4% owned. I mean, so he's, he's a, you know, good differential option. He's very affordable. Um, he just doesn't really like, 
Is it just that you haven't like been impressed with him, or like why? Have, why isn't Abraham on your radar? Yeah, more? his the eye test. He reads um, his style reads rather juvenile, and um, just doesn't seem that disciplined on the ball, and that right. worries me. And the, these yeah. upcoming fixtures. You were a scout. I, see, I I wasn't a scout for five years like you were, so it's it's a different eye. You know, you sit in the stands and you wear a uh, transparent green visor like I do and make notes um, with a pen that has no ink in it on a, on a moleskin, then, yeah, that's me. Uh, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not impressed by Swansea's upcoming fixtures as far as... I mean, Swansea, is, they have not been able to score many goals. I mean, for the love of God, they brought in Wolford Boney. Um, but Leicester is, is intriguing. Yeah, yeah, don't remind me. Um, <laughs> Leicester is intriguing, but then Arsenal, Brighton is has a very um, solid defense. Not not really convinced there. Burnley, again, probably one of the most organized teams in the entire league. Bournemouth, yeah, not really sure. somewhere, but immediately followed by Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, I was cherry-picking the fixtures a little bit there, but they certainly have, you know, three... Very solid fixtures at home in the next five. I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. that he's, if, if not for you, then for other people who, sure, whose eye test he hasn't failed. Yeah, um, I mean Everton, I, I don't, I, yeah, we shouldn't even talk about Everton. They, they do look truly diabolical. But after Arsenal in game week nine, they finally get some fixture relief: Leicester, Watford, Palace, Southampton, West Ham. Uh, so you know that's where I'll really prove myself. We'll see. Okay. Well, okay, we're going so long here. So let's just, just one last question, which is, let's say that you, um, the, the power three is definitely, if, if it's not dead, it's dying right yeah. now. And it seems like, and I wonder if we can we can agree on this, that the way to go is not to go into that 8 million bracket and pick up a Vardy or, um, or a Firmino. It's to go into the 7 million, 6 million, 5 million bracket and look for a... Maybe a Wayne Runepig, you know, a, a Runepig or a uh, or an Abraham or something like that, and take that extra money and put that into the city midfield or somewhere. Yeah, I think know? that is totally viable. You look at the goal threats of Sané and Sterling, and that is an that could be a very uh, a much more efficient way to spend your cash. So you know, play two up front, and maybe make it a power three in your midfield. I don't see why that wouldn't work. Nope, I don't either. And uh, let's take a break. Same old podcast, always shame. Brandon, let's move on to the lightning round. Uh, all these questions we're going to try to answer as quickly and efficiently as possible. Uh, a lot of business talk in this week's episode, isn't it? A lot of references to blue chip stocks and and even dads. Being, being dad-like is, to me, kind of business. That feels like business. Yeah, it's been my dream to be, have this podcast featured in Business Week. <laughs> Rangri Ranka says, even though it's only been one game week, we saw how much better Palace was with Zaha. Is he an option to bring in over the next few weeks? And if so, does this only the ability to switch back to a four-man midfield to do this cheaper price? Very good question. It is a good question. I mean, it's it's based on the back of one performance, but uh, it was against Chelsea, league right. champions, title holders. So that, that yeah. does count for something. That's true, and we we have to remember that. I mean, Zaha was a player that was uh, pretty highly owned, especially among you know really serious managers. You know, people take the game very seriously. He was a very highly owned player at the start of the season. Me, I think me you, in fact, my, had Zaha. 
Yeah, you among them, exactly. Uh, you're certainly a serious manager. You've got this podcast. Yeah, I've been I've been called serious <laughs> before. That's for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. no, I, I thought Zaha looked great, and I would definitely consider him. I'm a little wary of of point chasing at this at this stage in the game, just given how diabolical Palace have been recently. Looks like things their favor things could be changing in their favor soon. So I am putting him on my watch list. It helps that it's nice that he scored against a good team too. It wasn't like he played, you know, I don't know, someone bad like themselves uh, at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you know, so he he played, you know, you know, they played Chelsea at home. Uh he looked he looked good throughout the match. He's, he's you know, he's playing on as as an out of position striker in that game, mm-hmm. uh which I assume he will do indefinitely, right? I mean, as long as as long as Menteke's out. Yeah. So, um, so he's out of position, uh, 6.7 million. I mean, we're, we're, we were just talking about doing 4-4-2. Uh, he's a great option for 4-4-2. Um, they play Newcastle, West Ham. Uh, they play Spurs away, but then it's Everton, Stoke, Brighton, West Brom, Bournemouth, Watford through game week 17. I mean, he's a player you really could plug in, um, you know, really through the holiday fixtures. All right. Uh, speaking of Chelsea getting uh, brutalized by Crystal Palace, before Sunrise sends us a message, why is no one talking about Chelsea's turn downward in form as a team? And he goes on to mention how everyone, well, not well, a lot of people were jumping on the Hazard bandwagon ahead of game week eight, and uh, he felt that was unjustified. Additionally, they have a very expensive defense that we're all very keen to jump on. So are you starting to not believe the hype about Chelsea anymore? Well, it'll be interesting to see what they look like with with Murata back. I think he will be back by this weekend. Uh, I think Batshuayi didn't couldn't quite handle the load in the. Uh, no, no. I don't know. It's interesting. Batshuayi's well, he's, he's you know kind of like Giroud. You know, Giroud is so good when he comes down to the seventieth minute and um, he's you know he's pretty physical and he gets in the box and he can win headers and you know I wonder if Batshuayi has looked so good partially because we've seen him a lot at the end of games. Yeah, Leo Laurentia also makes the point about Conte was out for that Palace game. And uh, I, I, I do think that he protects that defense a lot. Well, everyone thinks that. Everyone knows that to be a fact. And Hoodoo Dudemeister also makes a point about Alonso, everyone's favorite defender. Can we have a definitive answer, Josh? Is, is Alonso worth the, the price tag this season? Do you, <laughs> I feel like we have enough information. To yeah. Say. I mean, he's, he has three points in his last... I mean, the problem was he scored those two goals, you know, against Spurs in such a high-profile game <laughs> that it just... It was too much, too fast. It was... It just... It's, it feels like it's... Whenever you think about that, you're like, well, he did score those two goals. But, you know, since then, they've only kept... You know, they kept two clean sheets in their last six games. Um, you know, he's had a, a two-point return, a two-point return, a one-point return, and a zero-point return. Uh, wrapped around one clean sheet, so um, I don't know. You know, it does. It does feel like it, it does feel like he's too expensive. Would you, okay, let me, let me let me rephrase the question. Would you rather have Zaha or Alonso? <laughs> that is a that is a very peculiar way to phrase it, but I like it. Um, I mean, as of wasn't well, that peculiar? They're about the same price point. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think I think I gotta go Alonso here. I think all. I yeah. think at the end of the day, the theme of this episode has basically been I'll, I'll see you in game week thirty-eight, and uh, I just think there's no way that Zaha is outscoring Alonso in game week thirty-eight. In the short term, though, uh, it doesn't feel like it's money well spent with Alonso. 
Yeah, and it does feel like for point four cheaper, uh, Azpilicueta is offering you almost as much. He doesn't. Although you know, Alonso actually had a couple of big chances in that Crystal Palace game too. Yeah, it's true. We're we're we're, we're kind of glossing over that fact. Yeah. He easily could have had a goal against Palace, and then we're not even having this conversation. Certainly, Luis is tempting at five point nine million. Uh, you know, steady player is not going to score a lot, though. That's that's the problem with with Luis. I mean, you're basically just getting clean sheets. He doesn't doesn't get a lot of bonus points either. Actually, he only had, I guess, he had ten last season, but ten bonus points when they when the other team when they kept fifteen clean sheets total, and he only picked up ten bonus points, which seems a little low considering, uh, you know, he should have had at least a couple of those matches where he picked up three. Okay, so on a um, where does Chelsea now rank on your list of must have must buy into defenses? Are they in your top three? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, is this the Ian Wilson question here? It's a thoughts on the Chelsea defense for for clean sheets. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it feels like Man United are probably underrated as a place to just double up defensively. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, as a De Gea owner, um, I, I was thinking about this, like De Gea's reputation for not being uh, great in FPL because he doesn't get a lot of save points, and he it really worked for him against Liverpool. But if he's if he's five point five, five point six now, not getting a lot of save points or getting a lot of bonus, you're looking at Phil Jones, who you have, Josh. What if I had both? How novel. Right. Think of all yeah. the points I'd get. It's it's too bad that they play Spurs and Chelsea in game makes ten and eleven. I mean, you know, but you know, the Spurs game they could definitely keep a clean sheet because it's you know it's a, it's a home match. I think that could be tricky. I mean, the Chelsea match they could keep a clean sheet too. I mean, I'll probably play Jones in that match. Um, so yeah, it is it is it is it's I don't know. I mean, I guess Phil Jones is still great value at five point two million. All right, uh, let's let's move on to more defense questions. Richie FPL says Spurs fullback rotation thoughts on. Rose, Orier, Davis, and Trippier, if they're all available. And, of course, Spurs' home conversion rate is 3%. So uh, anything to say about Spurs' defense at the moment? To be honest, I, I don't know that I really have a, a, a you know, no. <laughs> I No, I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, Trippier, I thought he would have totally lost his spot by now, but then Orier got the red card and... That threw things off a little bit, and you know, if I had just brought in Trippier like four weeks ago on my wild card, uh, yeah. and just knowing that I would have had to drop him at some point, it wouldn't fine. But you know, now Rose is is you know back in training, and Ben Davies keeps getting these mysterious ailments that drop him from fixtures, and um, it kind of feels like a mess right now in that Spurs fullback <laughs> spot, right? It does, yeah. And and if you look at Spurs' fixtures coming up, um, it's it is getting a little dicey. So Liverpool and United in the next two, then it's the North London Derby. I mean, I I might pick Spurs to win a number of those games, but clean sheets might not be on the card. So I'm not e- if if you're not in on the Spurs defense, I wouldn't be eager to get in on them. And if if you went ahead and sold Davis or or Trippier for that matter, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, because you can always you can always bring them back in later. I mean, Davy. Well, Davies is at five point nine million, so he's he's actually risen point four. Uh, Trippier probably not bringing him back. Yeah, Trippier I wouldn't bring in because I think Aurier at some point is gonna. I don't know. At the very least, compete for that spot and play in some of the fixtures. So, um, I mean, maybe you're better off just getting Vertonghen or or Alderweireld for six million and just you have the security of them starting almost every game. Ricard Vicious, do you think it's worth keeping Kalasniak? 
What do you think, Josh? Uh, you have him. Yeah, I, I do have him. I, I've been super disappointed with him, actually, the last three game weeks. I mean, he's like had almost no attacking threat. He seems totally isolated out on the wing. Um, I would much rather have Monreal in the extra, you know, 0.5 million. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm, I'm keeping him for, for now. Um, just cause I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I say this all the time, but I, you know, I wouldn't burn four to drop him. I mean, they play Everton away. That's a definite clean sheet possibility. They play Swansea at home in game week 10. Um, you know, definite clean sheet chance there. Uh, then they play Man City and Spurs in 11 and 12. So that's probably when you want to do it. Right. I mean, I can't see Arsenal keeping a clean sheet in either of those games. No, definitely. But that that leads right into Burnley Huddersfield. So you either brace yourself, um, bench or or sub at game yeah. at uh, game week eleven. For right. Sure. I would keep if he was getting in the box more often, but he's just he's just not. It's not. It's not so far uh, outside the box, Josh. I know. And with Alexis back too, it feels like some of that space is getting filled by him now. I mean, another another same player, but yeah. I think I think this is Poe Tuho. Uh, nice to meet you, Poe Tuho. What do you guys think of the resurgence of Gabbiadini? Did you ever think we'd say his name again on this podcast? No, and uh, I don't have any thoughts on him. I don't, I don't like Gabbiadini. I don't think he's consistent. Uh, I don't want him in my squad. I mean, and to double down on that, Southampton look. Uh, I mean, Lamina is the only compelling player on that team right now by any stretch of the imagination and that's not he's not even worth having an fpl being a defensive midfielder so like uh, there this this was kind of the uh the joke of sunday was i'm so glad i don't have a southampton defender because it's it's just been pain and anguish to have a guy like Bertrand or Cedric. Yeah, I nothing's feel like, been coming through for them. Yeah, I I, I dropped it just the right time actually. So I, I got my three clean sheets and five, um, and then I dropped before game week six. And they yeah, it's with two one and two the last the last or actually no excuse me what is it? Um, yeah, I mean Bertrand, are you, are you thinking about getting rid of Bertrand at some point? You can, you have to keep him for the next three, right? I mean West Brom, Brighton, and Burnley. Yeah, their fixtures continue to be ridiculous. So I'll hang on. You know, we'll we'll get some points, but there's there's no there's no move, no logical move to make for me at this point for for him. Yeah, uh, two questions to go here. Uh, Strawberry Labrador says, with so many premium strikers available, is it worth ditching Lacazette now, whereas in previous seasons it would have been worth giving him another one or two weeks, um, you know, chance to prove himself. Uh, yeah. No, Lacazette has not. He, he's not flourishing in that Arsenal system. They're struggling to get find him in the positions where he can score. Yeah. So no, I, I would stay away. Yeah, he's not he's not playing well away from home, and he's getting subbed. You know, he's getting subbed in every match, and so you're hoping that in 70 minutes you can get the kind of return that you're getting in like 40 sometimes from Jesus. You know, so it's just clearly not worth it. Um, or or Morata for that matter, who should be back this weekend, and you know is the same price as Lacazette. Uh, last question, then we'll get into our preview of game week eight. Joe Pilgrim asks, my cheap options are all benched: Andy King, Danilo, and Bemba. Do you just have to bite the bullet and pay more for a reliable backup player? Perfect last question. Uh, I'm feeling that right now a little bit, and yeah, I, I kind of am. I, I, I'm starting to see the upside of having that. Darren Fletcher type that just plays every single game week and doesn't get a lot of yellow cards or red cards and just gets you two points and then every now and then you'll get you'll get you know an assist from them or something. Um, you know, I wish I had yeah, Karash, yeah. Kar- yeah, that, that guy in West Brom. I'd love to have him right now. <laughs> sure, wouldn't we all? Yeah. Wouldn't we all? 
yeah, some people scoff at the the person who's sort of like nailed on for two points at best three, but weeks like this where you're really struggling to field a full squad because of injuries, illnesses, and what have you, they come through. So I think it, I think it is really worth thinking that through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it just, yeah, it's certainly like, you know, sometimes you'll see someone share like a like a rate my team or whatever. They'll have like, you know, two defenders that are both four million who just don't play at all, uh, like Hunemeyer and Rangel or something like that. And you're like, just don't do it. It's it's so tempting to have, you know, like the five massive players, but uh, you just got to take a step back and, and give yourself a little more balance because it's going to hurt you. Well, watch the space regarding Hunemeyer, though, because um, he may be a 3.9 million starting central defender for Brighton because uh, he came in for injured uh, Duffy. Yeah, that might be the biggest takeaway from this entire episode: <laughs> is is Hunemeyer starting at three point nine? Right. I, keep, I haven't seen too many reports on the level of Duffy's injury. Just so. keep a very, very close eye on Duffy's grind, Brandon. Mm. Don't anything, whatever you do, wherever your eye wants to go, keep it on Duffy's groin and and watch the space. I'm treating Duffy's groin like one of those magic eye posters <laughs> where you just have to stare at it a certain way and then a, a, a picture will reveal it. So like a, yeah. a dolphin jumping over the moon. At least we now know that Hunemeyer is the the back. I, we thought it was true because he played quite a few matches last year, but he is the he's he's definitely the backup center back of choice. So. Uh, yeah, three point nine million. Uh, very tempting if he plays. I mean, maybe maybe Mbemba to Hunemeyer is my move. All right, should we take a break, Josh, and then uh, preview uh, the next hey, game week nine? Actually, I said eight earlier, but we're going to preview game week nine. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. Game week nine is here, Brandon. This is your two minute preview. That's right, only two minutes long uh, before we get there. Uh, why, why, give... spend, why spend all the time on the good stuff when we can talk about Hunemeyer Listen, for five? The minutes. whole podcast is like a preview of game week nine. This is, this <laughs> is, is just a little more formal. Uh, Patreon thank yous first. Connor Siegel, thank you very much. Dave Corlett, thank you. Uh, Zinli Mambatha, thank you as well. All three of you, much appreciated. All of them joined the Survivor League, which we haven't even talked about yet. Brandon, we lost what a disaster. 50, 50 managers <laughs> in the Survivor League. Uh, I did not think it would go that badly. That was the, I think the, the Chelsea loss just killed all of us. Uh, we might have to run a second Survivor League if this one goes this quickly. Uh, so watch this, watch this, watch this space and watch Duffy's grind and we'll keep you updated on the Survivor League. <laughs> But there are other other cool stuff to be stuffed. There is other oh. cool stuff to be had at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash always cheating. Yeah, exactly. Patreon.com slash always cheating. We also have uh, Fantasy Football Mag uh, discounts and giveaways. Uh, we've got uh, our own leagues. If you win any of the leagues that we're offering, you get to be a well, going to be a guest on the podcast. And um, that's that's true of this current server league. But it looks like we might have like a forty way tie for. <laughs> I don't know. We had ninety four managers. We're down to like forty three already. We lost fifty. <laughs> It was it was a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. There's no attrition there. All right. Um, all right. Game week nine uh, starts off with a bang. West Ham Brighton. Yep. Prediction. I know. Yeah. Uh, Fridays. I don't plan to have any players in that match. Um, I guess you'll have Pascal Gross, right? You'll have. Yeah, Pascal Bro- Gross is is like the real deal in in not in the uh, I'll score a brace all the time way, but he's he's been a good servant to many FPL managers. Long may he reign. How did Brighton snag two Friday night fixtures? That is so bizarre. 
Um, yeah, and uh, then the weekend, you know, starts off with a bang. You've got uh, a Chelsea Watford match, which is a pretty interesting match. We haven't even talked about Richarlison, and I guess we're not going to now. But uh, I may <laughs> bring in Murata, um, and uh, that Lacazette to Murata is a move that I think makes a lot of sense. But uh, I may not be able to because uh, I probably I don't know. We'll see what happens with Ben Davies. If he's definitely out, then I'm just going to drop him and bring in probably a Man City defender um, and just and just. And just let it go, you know. <laughs> sorry, sure. sorry, Davies. Uh, but I just I can't I can't have another week with with four injured players. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do ten players in my squad again. And I I can't I also just can't keep burning four because it's just it's so. I feel like you're just you're totally rolling the dice every time you burn four, and it often backfires badly. You know, it's like it's like it's like it's like doubling down in blackjack or something. Actually, it's more like splitting aces. You know, you just, you just want one to pay for the other, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought in Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane on a minus four. I think those guys will earn out. Yeah, long term. You're right. You can't think of it in just a one week vacuum. So, yeah, uh, sure. any any fixtures stand out to you though, Brandon? Just in this in this brief preview. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Manchester City for obvious reasons. They're the um, FPL squad of choice right now, but they're coming up against Burnley, and you know Burnley is much celebrated this season. Do they have anything to throw up against this Man City team? I mean, I I think at, at I guess if they if they do, that means they only let three goals by. It's just like a question of how many goals are they going to give up to City. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the if the Liverpool match, you know, they, they played all the way to Anfield a few weeks ago. It's really I mean, Burnley. Not only are they impressive, but they played a ton of difficult away fixtures already. I mean, they're they're set yeah, up well. They for won at Stamford yeah. Bridge opening opening uh, day. Yeah, exactly, and picked up a point um, at Anfield. So, I mean, I think they could keep this game close. I mean, I, I, I think City wins like 3 nothing, but I, I don't yeah. think it's like a 7-2 demolition like the Stoke game. Right, it could be a very stressful time for people who captain Man City players. Because I could, yeah, like you're saying, I could see it becoming 3-0, but only after like the 75th minute mark the goals start pouring in. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, you know Everton Arsenal on Sunday is an interesting match, and then Spurs Liverpool, which is uh, obviously a huge game. And uh, Spurs Liverpool, the fact that it's at Wembley, I mean, I would believe like kind of any scoreline for that game. You know, like two two, two one, either way. Yeah, I mean, nil nil seems unlikely. A venue for a, a cup final and a fixture worthy of a cup final. So maybe these two things come together, and it actually is. And exciting and a good game, possibly for Harry Kane. So, yeah, that that's worth looking forward to. Um, nailed on clean sheets here. Um, City. City, probably. Manchester United, just pro- definitely another clean sheet, um, even though they're away. I don't see Huddersfield have just been in a, in, a, in deep decline since their flying start. Yep. Any transfers you're thinking about this week? Yeah, Hunemeyer. Um, <laughs> as, as mentioned, I'm now, um, weirdly, deeply, deeply invested in my back line, Stones, Monreal, Bertrand, and Davis. Um, I think if Hunemeyer looks like he might get a few games, uh, if Duffy's injury is that bad, then that's money in my pocket. Let's go. All right. Um, uh, be- beyond that, beyond that, no, I think, 
defense is or Aaron Moy is is also another elephant sure. in the room. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. He he really is just bench fodder right now and he's kind of Yeah, he and he, yeah. he lost point 1 in value. So I need and that wouldn't be a straight swap. I just need to downgrade him to a bench player. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, people can find us where? Where can they find us? I have no idea. Sure. People can find us on Twitter. We're twitter.com slash hailcheaters, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud where you can comment on, on various moments in, in each track there on SoundCloud. Our website, alwayscheating.com, has links to all this fun stuff, plus a, a rolling list of our top 10 in the Always Cheating Super League. And don't forget to join the Super League, which you can do there at alwayscheating.com. Josh, people can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And join the Patreon page, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Lots of good stuff going on over there. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to, yeah, we're going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday fixtures. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Friday night lights. Let's go, Pascal. All right. Good luck this weekend. Brandon, we're on to what everybody... That's stupid. That was stupid. That was stupid. Not, no, no one's talking about this. Don't say everybody's talking about this. That's a joke. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.